an all-age service where we're going to be looking at Ten Commandments. We're going to hear those Ten Commandments being read. Thomas is going to come uh, and read those for us before Nathan uh, comes to talk to us. The Bible reading is from Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 17. This can be found on page 77, I think, in the church Bibles. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven, above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour, you shall not covet your neighbour's house, you shall not covet your neighbour's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbour. This is the word of the Lord. So today we're thinking about the first commandment. So, I um, have got some great news to share with you this morning. I have founded my own club. Okay, It's called the Nathan Hebe Cool Kids Club. All right? It's a really cool club, and I'm really excited to tell you about it. Okay, you can see this is my logo on the screen. It still needs a bit of work, but you know it's what we're starting with. I've worked. I'm getting some merchandise. I've got a T-shirt there that I'm going to start selling soon to make people excited about my club. I'm going to work on some hoodies um, and maybe a few different things to get people excited about my club. We're going to meet on Saturday evenings. Okay, and I'm thinking we're going to have free, um, unlimited Domino's pizza. Uh, as much sweets as you want. Uh, I'm going to get Netflix, uh, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, the works, right? It's all going to be available um, for those in my club. Do you want to put your hand up? Is anyone interested in joining in this club? <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm liking how many adults are putting their hands up as well. Brilliant. Um, so, you'll be excited to know that even though I am the only member of this group, we are going to have tryouts soon, okay, that you can join this group, all right? But the thing is, is I've just got a few, I've just got one, well, a few stipulations, okay, ten of them. My terms and conditions, Nathan's commandments, if you will, for joining the group. I've only thought up half of them so far. I've got a few more that I need to think up. Um, but you've got to agree to all of these before you join the club, all right? Okay, now the first few, you've got to think that Nathan is the very best. That's the first term and condition for joining this club, okay? 
Secondly, you've got to clean up after yourselves at the meetings. I cannot be cleaning up after you at my own meeting. Okay? So, you've got to clean up after yourself. Thirdly, you've got to do all my laundry for me. Okay, this is very important. If I added another one, a sixth one, it probably would be also, you've got to clean my, maybe my house, um, maybe the bathroom, toilet. Yeah. Third, fourthly, okay, you've got to pay uh, a measly £50 a week for, for joining. Um, I, to be honest with you, I think this is quite, quite a low rate. I probably might increase it. Just if you think about what I'm providing here, you know, it's a really great club. I think it's at least probably worth twice that. We'll see. And the last one, which I think is probably quite important, maybe the most important, is failure to perform any of the above means you get kicked out of the group straight away. Okay? That one, I think, is is definitely staying. So, after you've heard my terms and conditions, is anyone interested in joining my group? (laughs) Two, Two or three people? Wow! Okay, a lot less hands a lot fewer people um i think that sometimes when we come to passages like the ten commandments and bits in the bible where god lays down some rules we can kind of think of him as a bit like that that when he sets out the rules if you obey them well enough you get to get into his vip club if you do things well enough um, you get included You're in his good books. I think that's especially true of the Ten Commandments. And when we read them, that's what we think. If you live up to them, you will get God's seal of approval. But I've noticed something um, in the first two verses of the Ten Commandments, which is actually really important and actually goes against that. So um, come with me to Exodus 20, verses uh, 1 and 2. Okay, I'm just going to read it for you. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now, you might be thinking, why on earth have I pointed out those words to you? Because they don't really seem to say an awful lot. All it simply says is a historic thing that God told these people, I've taken you out of Egypt, out of slavery. But... What is really important to note with these verses is where they come in the order of the Ten Commandments, right? These words come right before God lists out any of them. What he does here is he reminds his people, before he sets any expectations for them, he reminds them that he has already saved them. He has already brought them out of Egypt and out of slavery before he expects them to obey any of his rules. He has already saved them. He has not said, you must be good and then I will save you. What he says here is, I have saved you, so be good. And that is a really important thing to know And to remember when you come to read the Ten Commandments and also all of the other laws in the Bible. Um, But it's also really important to know that about how God works, um, how he chooses um, to behave. It is not be good and I will save you. It is I have saved you, so be good. 
So, with that firmly lodged in our minds, as we look into the Ten Commandments, what is the first thing that God would encourage us or wants us to do? Well, he says in verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, to help me think through this, um, I, I went into a time, time machine uh, just before the service, and I, I decided to bring back with me my friend, uh, my friend Jeff. Um, so, hello, hello, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, um, how, how are you doing? Where, where have you just come from? Uh, so, I've just come from uh, Mount Sinai, where God has given us the Ten Commandments. Oh, I, think, I think you're about to get a microphone. I've just come from Mount Sinai, where God has given us the Ten Commandments. Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, uh, what has he just done? Uh, right, so, well, he's just saved us from slavery in Egypt. Um, it was really cool because he used these ten plagues, which were quite scary, actually. And then there was this massive chase through the desert. So, basically, Pharaoh, well, we were, we were in the midst of escaping, and then all of a sudden, Pharaoh and this massive army just appears on the side of this hill. And we, we were all scared, but then God made us a way to escape through the Red Sea. So that was really cool. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so God has saved you. It's really cool. Now you're at Mount Sinai. You've just been saved. Um, sounds like quite a trip. Let me ask you, Jeff, after all of that, all that's just happened, who would you like to thank, and what would you like to say to them? Uh, well... I have this lucky amulet. Oh, it's not on me right now. But, um, yeah, so I have this lucky amulet. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, but I think it helped me, like, not really trip up as we're going through the Red Sea, because, you know, it was quite rocky, and, you know, so this, I, I'd say I'd thank this, yeah. What? Could you imagine? You can, you can sit down after that. Oh, gosh, could you imagine if that's what they did? After God has just saved them in that most miraculous way, had taken them through the Red Sea, had saved them from armies, if they turned around and gave their thanks and praise to something that had absolutely nothing to do with anything. God has just saved these people, so of course it would be right for them to be, for God to be first in their hearts. For anything else, it would be utterly ridiculous. But this is also even more true for us. Because we we haven't been saved from Egypt, per se, but we have been saved from slavery. The Bible tells us that we were slaves to sin. But Jesus came and died on the cross and saved us from that. From that fate that we could not escape um, by ourselves. It is through his death on the cross that we are set wonderfully free from that slavery and brought into right relationship with God, which is exceptional news. It is a debt we could not hope to pay. It's so much greater than being saved out of, of slavery and saved out of Egypt. But the question must be asked, where do we, therefore, put God in our hearts? If we have been saved so much more, surely he deserves so much more a greater place in our hearts and our devotion. Do we have things in our lives that we cherish and love more than him? Are there things that we prioritize more? Is it, is it earning enough money? Having a good enough job? Is it having the perfect family? 
getting the best school grades or getting into that university that you wanted to? Is it satisfying our own pleasures and our own desires? We are so quick to have and put up God's in his place, in God's place. Whatever it may be, I know that I certainly fall foul of this. But remember how God has wonderfully saved us through Jesus. That is something that we could never hope to repay. And so as a right response to that, surely it makes sense to put God first and foremost in our hearts. Have you done that? Are you doing that? Will you do that? Just as I want to, as I finish, I want to just encourage you, um, you know, maybe families um, or friends, if you're, if you're going home today and having maybe a meal together, spending some time together with other Christians, why don't you have a conversation um, about maybe some of the things that you find so easily take God's place? Talk about some of the difficulties and some of the dangers of that. But also maybe why don't you talk about some of the ways that you could actually practically show God that he is first in your heart. Maybe have a conversation about ways that you could, together, maybe or individually, show him um, your, your love for him. Shall I um, finish in prayer before I hand back over to John? Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and your kindness to us. Thank you for the fact that you have saved us in Jesus from slavery to sin. Thank you for the wonderful news that that is. Father, please help us to put you first in our hearts. Please help us to identify and see the things that so easily take your place and give us the strength, um, the courage to put you uh, first instead of them. Uh, Please help us and be with us in this, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.